Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 37. This week, we have a full house. We have myself, Michael, and we have Gladys, Sarah, and Mark. We also have a guest, Roberto Rodriguez, who's here to talk to us about attacker tradecraft and a tool that we have named Simuland. Uh, but before we get to Roberto, let's let's talk about the news. Um, I'd like to kick things off. I really like kicked the news off the last couple of weeks, but I really want to get this front and center. So the first one I want to get out of the way is there is now a public preview for private link user-defined route support. Uh, there's also public preview for private link network security group support. Now, I know that I think a lot of people who have been working with private links and private endpoints have uh, really been looking forward to this. So it's now in public preview. Talking of private link, uh, the Azure private link service is now generally available in our Chinese region. Probably not a lot more to say other than it's available in China now. Uh, next one is Azure Virtual Desktop. We now have screen capture protection. This mitigates things like uh, taking a screen grab using print screen or snipping tools and third-party applications that can be used. Essentially, leak sensitive information from a screen grab. Uh, this secures a single session host, uh, or you can use Active Directory to manage different host pools uh, centrally. So this is a, another nice thing to see, and also there's no extra cost to, uh, to actually use it. And finally, for me, uh, Azure Files now supports SMB 3.1.1. The big change here is the inclusion of AES-128 and AES-256 in Galois counter mode. So for those that require sort of more modern ciphers, uh, there you are, uh, SMB 3.1.1. This is Gladys. For some time now, the Azure AD team has been working on moving the Azure AD graph features into Microsoft Graph. A lot of documentation has been released about this move, and now on uh, June 30th, 2022, Microsoft is retiring the Azure AD graph. This means that to avoid service disruption before that day, organizations will need to update all applications that use the Azure AD graph to use Microsoft Graph instead. Some of the new features that will be included with the Microsoft Graph are a single endpoint for APIs from Azure AD and other services such as Microsoft Team, Exchange, and Intune. Built-in support for retry handling, secure redirect, transparent authentication, and payload compression. To help migrate, migrating applications, Microsoft has also provided a checklist which contains key differences between the APIs, ways to examine the APIs being used within your application and the permissions required. It also provides guidance for using the Graph Explorer to experiment and guidance to deploy, test, and extend your application. The next news that I wanted to share is that in, on August uh, 31st, 2021, O1X version of Azure Active Directory Connect will be retired because they include SQL Server 2012 components that will no longer be supported. So it is recommended to upgrade to the most recent version of Azure AD Connect by that date. Within the information provided, Microsoft shares how to do in-place migration Swing migration, which may be necessary if you need to upgrade the server OS, 
It provides guidance on how to move a custom configuration from the active server to a staging server and some other information. Last but not least, Windows 11 will become generally available on October 5th. Windows 11 is in public preview as part of Azure Virtual Desktop. So go and play with Windows 11 and validate your environment using Azure Virtual Desktop. Yeah, so from my side, the long-awaited videos uh, covering the latest cybersecurity reference architecture, affectionately known as the MCRA uh, for a number of folks, are released. And so they're up there on YouTube and ready to be watched. Actually, there's about, I think, 1,200 last time I checked people that have already watched it so far. And um, there's also a accompanying set of videos that are focused a little bit more on security program rather than security architecture for the cloud adoption framework secure methodology. And so I did those with our executive security advisors here at Microsoft, really enjoyed the, the conversations. They're anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes typically. Um, most of them are around 15 to 20 minutes, but really got deep into these topics and uh, just you know, walk through each of the architectures and uh, the elements, what they mean, et cetera. Um, so definitely check them out, share and enjoy. And uh, links are in the show notes. So hi, everybody. Um, it's good to be back. Uh, apologies, I've been away for a couple of weeks just because of some tricky time zone scheduling stuff that we couldn't couldn't resolve, unfortunately. So uh, for my news this week, first of all, it's now generally available that you can run cross-service queries between Azure Monitor and Azure Data Explorer. Now, this is something very cool. It, what it means is if you're using Azure Monitor services, which includes log analytics and then by, by proxy, uh, Azure Sentinel, um, if you're using Application Insights and other Azure Monitor services, you can now also cross-query over to Azure Data Explorer. So if you've got things that you need to correlate between those two services, um, you can actually do a cross-service query. And you can also query from ADX back to Azure Monitor. Um, in the log analytics side of things, you do this um, with a KQL operator, but it's not just queries. You can also use things like workbooks, PowerShell, and REST APIs. So very cool. Um, that's as close to Sentinel as I get this week, So, uh, which is surprising for me, I know. So uh, yeah, go and check it out. Uh, next up is a load of Azure Security Center things and Azure Defender. So a couple of things going into public preview. Defender for Endpoint for Linux is now supported by Azure Defender for Servers. Uh, we've got some new recommendations around managing endpoint protection solutions. And Security Center is now able to auto-provision the Azure policy guest configuration extension. So that's just really good for kind of being efficient and being consistent and reducing some manual work. In terms of GA things for Azure Security Center, we've now got more built-in troubleshooting and guidance for solving common issues that ASC highlights. We also have the regulatory compliance dashboards Azure audit reports. They're now GA. Uh, we've also got rid of the deprecated recommendation, the log analytics agent health issues should be resolved on your machine. Uh, I've seen that many times before myself. It is a bit of a pain because sometimes it's not obvious why it's there. Uh, and for that reason, it's actually been deprecated because uh, it was, for at least some people, a little bit difficult to troubleshoot. 
Recommendations in Azure Defender, you can now support in force. So if there's a recommendation and you choose um, as an organization to enforce that, um, Azure Defender can help enforce that rather than just alert you that something's happening. Uh, there's a couple of other things. Uh, we'll put the links in the show notes, but I could be here a while. So I'll move on to my next one, which is there's general availability for the update and policy compliance for AKS or the Azure Kubernetes service policies. So if you've got policies, if you've got policy assignments that actually have conflicts, you will now get a notification and you will have to resolve that before the policies become active. If you manage to have a conflict with any of your prior policies, then unfortunately they will still work, but you'll have a notification. But it is quite easy to have these conflicts. So hopefully this is going to help people resolve those a lot uh, and keep their AKS clusters nice and slick. And then last but not least for me, it's Windows Server IoT 2022 is now generally available. So if you are using one of the earlier versions, it's definitely time to maybe start checking it out. As you know, we, we do give customers a lot of time. But of course, when we bring out new versions, we're generally deprecating something else as well. Um, and it's always good to be um, on you know, the most, most recent OS that you possibly can be because, of course, uh, that's how we keep things in support and patched and up to date. And that's the news for me. Well, thanks for getting the news uh, out the way. Uh, now let's turn our attention to our guest, Roberto Rodriguez, who's here to talk to us about Simuland. Uh, Roberto, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to spend a moment just to explain what you do at Microsoft? Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity, guys. Uh, so, yeah, once again, my name is Roberto. Um, I am um, part of the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center, known as Mystic, specifically in the R&D division. So my role, I guess, is, well, there's a lot of things that I do, but in general, I would say is to empower other security researchers, either if it's in my own team or other teams at Mystic or any other team outside of Mystic. And then just collaborate and then start building open source uh, tools and start sharing all that knowledge with the community. So that kind of like summarizes what I do at Microsoft. And because of that, there is a lot of projects that I work on and a lot of collaboration efforts also across different teams at Microsoft as well. So one of the tools that you work on is this tool called Simuland. Uh, do you want to give us an explanation of what that is, why it was invented, what does it do? And then let's sort of drill down into some of, some of the nuances about the product. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Simuland is an open source initiative by Microsoft. Um, it's, it's to help security researchers around the world to deploy, let's say, lab environments or research environments where they can start testing, for example, different uh, techniques performed by threat actors out there, like known threat actors, for example, because we share some of those steps as well into how to go through a simulation plan. And then also to validate detections, to you know trigger a few alerts, just make sure that what we are providing also through our products and what people are building and sharing in their community, it's, it's being validated, right? Because you want to know if something happens in your environment, make sure that you're covered. And maybe that also could help you to start creating your own rules, for example, um, and start um, you know, kind of sharing, for example, what telemetry can be um, enabled. Um, we try to also pack all these simulation labs with, uh, for example, security controls from Microsoft 365 Defender. We also deploy an Azure Sentinel, make sure that we uh, send all the alerts from M365 to Azure Sentinel. And then we also try to, for example, enable other data sources that, for example, such as, you know, 
Sysmon for Windows, for example. I'm, I'm thinking about Sysmon for Linux already, but um, that's coming next. Um, but so all this telemetry that we can collect from a computer can go through Sentinel, and then anything that we get from N365 Defender also, you know, can be flown through, you know, through Azure Sentinel. So we try to just provide all these different technologies into one place and then allow customers or anyone in the community just to experience that uh, in their own environments. That's kind of like the main idea. And of course, we want to make sure that all this is open source so that people can, you know, replicate the whole thing. And also we try to make sure that, that anything that we share is well-documented. And at the same time, we want to expedite a lot of this process. So we share a lot of, for example, Azure Resource Manager templates so, so that we can deploy everything like in a few minutes. So we try to make it easy for someone to go through the whole you know, project. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I kind of know of Simuland. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert by any stretch. So what's kind of the elevator pitch here? Like why, why would anybody even be remotely interested in this tool? I mean, what's this... What's his job at the end of the day? Yeah, 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 definitely. So, for example, there is um, there is a lot of lab. Well, first, there is a lot of lab environments that get shared in the community, right? So, so there is a lot of different templates that people share to build something. But the first thing that I would say with Simulan is that um, a lot of the environments that I've seen do not cover much of the, for example hybrid approach that a lot of customers and a lot of uh, people in the community also are moving towards. So, you know, having their on-prem Active Directory and then syncing, for example, accounts to Azure AD or, right, having that federated access, for example, and, and, and try to simulate some of the stuff that we see also like in real life, right? So that's the first thing that I would say that Simulant provides a way to simulate some of that, a, a you know federated environment first. And that's something that I haven't seen um, out there yet. So I think that people that want to experience that, this is the first, I would say, project open source that has that type of environment. Number two, I would say that there is a lot of security controls that, of course, all these research environments are missing. So in my opinion, when we start also sharing how to deploy, for example, once again, Microsoft 365 security controls, such as Microsoft Defender for endpoint, identity, um, you know, cloud application security, um, you, you know, et cetera, right? There is a lot of stuff you know, that we can test. So a lot of the even instructions of Simulan allows you to, for example, like, you know, get a trial license for, you know, 30 days and then you can extend it for maybe 60 days. And then you can go through the whole experience so that you can also get an idea into what it is that you might be missing, what it is that you might probably complement with what you have right now. And at the same time, having something like Azure Sentinel in the middle, then allows you to see how you can just start connecting a lot of the things that you might get with you know from these products. But at the same time, how can you connect what you currently have, right? So let's say you are a company or someone in the community doing research that is very comfortable with, let's say, once again, Sysmon for Windows, right? And then you can start seeing that telemetry being correlated with additional telemetry from other controls. So you can see the value and you can start identifying maybe what it is that you might need right now in your environment. Or if you want to do research and identify additional telemetry that could tell you more about the adversary tradecraft, then this is a place where you can start doing those type of experiments. So if you want to learn about adversary tradecraft, identify some new telemetry or complement what you have, 
and experience a hybrid environment, I think that Simulan is definitely the place to to actually start working with and, and go with. So I want to make sure I understand this. So if I were an organization, let's say I'm a healthcare organization, and I want to make sure that I understand the craft of being an attacker, as it were, trade craft of being an attacker, am I also going to get data out of that that's going to show me what common kinds of attacks look like to make sure that my systems are going to respond? Is that a fair way of looking at it? Like, it's all very well saying, hey, you know, we bought all this stuff and we have Sentinel and we have Defender for this and Defender for that and whatever, you know, and we have anti-malware and we have intrusion detection, we have intrusion protection. At some point, you've got to exercise it, right? You've got to make sure that this stuff actually works. Is that, can I, can I use this tool for that? Yes, yes, yes. So Simulan is, I would say, a whole framework. So and, and, and it's definitely modular enough for someone to pick what it is that you want to do with it. For example, Simulan is broken down into a few um, parts. So the first one is the preparation part. Second one is deployment. So preparation and deployment technically is to help you to have the whole environment set up so you can do testing, etc. But then the other part is the simulation detection. And also we have like a few recommendations, like mitigations for a few things. So technically, if you already have your environment where you have, for example, a similar setup, let's say a lot of people would have a hybrid environment already. And of course, if you're working with Azure, then you're going to start testing anything that we share through the simulation and detection section of the project. So you can take... Everything that you did in your lab environment, you're going to start taking it all the way to your production environment. Of course, right, having the right processes to do some simulations in your environment. And then with all the detections and maybe alerts that we map every single simulation to, then you're going to start validating that also in your environment. Now, to your question also into, you know, how can we take this into practice as well? That's also one of the goals of, of Simulan that every time, for example, we talk about a, a new you know, threat actor or a you know, new technique that came out, um, you know, we share detections, we as Microsoft, right? We share detections, we start maybe building a few um, you know, alerts on the top of some of the security products that we have. But you as a security analyst or as a threat researcher, you might not understand like, the whole context around that detection or like alert. And a lot of the research actually comes from that, where you say, okay, someone, for example, access my you know, Active Directory Federation service server, right? So, and there is like four detections through Azure Sentinel that I can take a look at. Great. But is there anything else that I can do with it? Is there any maybe additional telemetry that I can complement that with and maybe create a new detection or, or, or maybe um, try to enhance my uh, you know, built-on detections, right? So Simulan allows you to then kind of like create that additional context if, of course, it exists in your environment because you might, once again, be collecting more telemetry. Maybe the behavior in your environment needs some tweaking. Um, so that additional experience is definitely what Simulant is built for. So you can get that additional um, exercise that your security analysts, ETA responders, threat hunters, you know, definitely need. You know, from a forensic per- in a perspective, for example, there's a lot of forensic artifacts that are going to be generated. But if I just share a detection query or just an alert with you, 
you will not be able to experience the forensic side of things, right? So that's also one of the ideas of why it's, it's good to have something like Simulant walk you through a whole end-to-end scenario, right? So what kind of services are, are being used uh, in this lab environment? Yeah, yeah, good question. So we have first, uh, I would say, you know, every single, every single Microsoft 365 uh, Defender product, I would say. So we're talking about Endpoint, talking about Cloud App Security. So we have MCAS, MDE, MDI, um, and then we have also the Azure Sentinel uh, solution as well. That will, I would say, open the doors to other services where we can collect data from, right? So we have, for example, data from Azure AD, like audit logs, the new signing logs also from ADFS. So, so you have all, all, all these things going through Azure Sentinel. Uh, other stuff that we deploy and configure would be related more towards, for example, like Azure AD Connect. So trying to have those hybrid AD services, so you know, communications between the on-prem domain controllers with you know, Azure AD. Um, other than that, I would say that we also have, what else do we have in there? The Azure Monitor agents, for example, um, right? getting data from our you know, Windows endpoints. And that would, I would say that that's pretty much um, it from when it comes down to Azure services. So every security product that it's out there that we share when there is a detection to share, it's, it's there installed. So other than that, I think that that's, that would be pretty much it, yeah. So how is this deployed? Is the tenant provided, the licenses provided? Yeah, good question. So we do not provide the tenant or the licenses. So what we provide is a um, automatic way to deploy it, you know, whatever you want to. So it could be in your own, right, tenants, like, um, right, for example, free subscription where you can acquire a, you know, free license as well, or not free, but trial license for some of the products. So, for example, the project is modular enough so that you could say, um, I want to deploy only the environment, right, without any other security products. The Azure Resource Manager templates that we share allow you to do that. You can actually modify it so that you do not deploy any other um, right, security controls. And that's up to you, right? It's open source, or you can do anything you want with it. Um, and, and in that case, you can have it in a you know, free tenant. You know, Azure Sentinel also has a free tier, so you can collect some data from a lab environment and play with that. But then if you want to, of course, use, for example, things such as Microsoft right, 365 Defender products, then you need to have a license. So once again, this could be a trial um, E5 license. And the reason why we need the E5 is to right, enable every single capability from a security perspective. And then, and then from there, I guess that that would be the the only license that someone would you know need to buy if you want to continue, right, doing this whole testing. Um, a lot of the the people that that we have talked to um, already have their environments, you know, they already have their licenses, so they can just deploy it in their own tenants. And of course, people in the community that we have talked to, um, a lot of them like the trial licenses, right, like sixty days, you can extend it, um, and then you can test it out. And then from there, uh, so I guess that it's up to you, right? What you do next, right? But it's like the whole experience to go through the process. I think it's is you know very valuable. So you're saying that uh, in order to get, say that the customer wanna do uh, trial licenses, do you have a link or 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 somewhere where they can go through the process of requesting those licenses? Yes, yes, you know, great question. So part of the preparation section of Simulan goes through that process and shows you how to actually request a trial license. 
and it goes through every single step. So that was also one of the the uh, goals with with the whole documentation in there was to make sure that I also go through the process as if I didn't work for Microsoft and then share every single step that I did, you know, to get to the scenario. Um, so yes, everything is in the preparation part of the project, which is a, a folder in the GitHub repo. So Roberto, um, I love Sentinel. It's my baby. And <laughs> so I've got to ask a question in relation to it. Um, obviously, Simuland is about simulating attacks. Azure Sentinel monitors for attacks. So uh, I know I've definitely had customers ask me, what can I do with Simuland? How can I use this? Um, is it something I can do to test my Sentinel uh, deployment? And I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit more about your thoughts on what we could do there. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would say that so there's a couple of things that we can do with Simulan and, and Sentinel, right? So the first one to me would be that the correlation with, for example, like if you only have Sentinel right now and you want to see how you can start correlating even alerts with things that come from Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, for example, right? MDE. Um, and, and you can understand what type of context you get out of that correlation that would be one use case, right? Trying to understand how what you currently have can complement with other security controls. Like, like, that's just like the first one. That, of course, takes you to, for example, there is a couple of visualizations to understand a whole chain of events into what it would look like, how it maps to incidents. Uh, you can create even like your own incident uh, Teams channel as well. So you can pretty much go through a whole kind of like incident response process if you want to. And so that would first be good for training, understanding that you have the right you know, processes to go through that exercise. I think that that's huge because a lot of people, once again, just receive the detections, right? receive the alerts, built-in detections get shared across all the customers, but they do not experience the what will happen if something like that would trigger, right? So... That, that's kind of like the, the, in my opinion, the idea of, of that. Now, for example, companies can, yes, use, for example, other um, uh, frameworks such as, for example, like Metasploit or like PowerShell Empire or any other open source maybe framework, right? But in, in Simulan, that will be only, for example, so when we talk about Simulan, once again, it's a framework, right? So we have the environment, all the way to a simulation lab. So a lot of stuff that we want to do also is to focus on the adversary tradecraft. So either if you want to, for example, uh, execute the scripts that we provide with Simulin, we'll try to get all the way to the specifics into um, what actually each action is going to be. So for example, if I have something from PowerShell Empire or Metasploit that says, this module is going to export the ADFS configuration, right? The Active Directory Federation Service Server. Um, they will just give you the module, you click on it, and then by magic, you get the configuration back, right? So that's, that's how it would work if you use some of those um, you know, open source projects that automate some of these simulations. With Simulan, we want to be very specific. Like we want to make sure that you understand what each step is doing. So if we say export the ADFS configuration of a server, that takes a lot of steps. We're talking about connecting to the ADFS server, exporting the ADFS settings, getting the settings of the server 
exporting the certificate in, 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 in the encrypted format, try to get the key from the Active Directory, which is going to then allow you to derive another key and then decrypt the certificate that was encrypted in the first place, and then be able to um, right, like do something with that. Like, for example, in this case, um, right, try to use the certificate to start um, you know, signing tokens. Right? And what I meant with exporting the ADFS configuration, I actually meant exporting the key to sign tokens. So it's still, if you do it with an open source project, you're going to get to that goal, and it might take only a few seconds. We want to show you exactly what each step would do. And then as we explain each step, we start mapping detections, alerts, etc. So it's kind of like um, walking a researcher through the process by each step and not just try to automate everything and tell you, hey, click this button, run this module, and then move to the next topic. Uh, no, no, no. We want to know exactly what would happen. So in, in Simulum, for example, if you go to one of the first steps of the simulation plan, you can see that if you click on the first one, it's going to start opening up to, oh, we have five steps. The, the next step or sub step is going to have two or three variations. So we try to also share those variations with the community so they understand also why certain detections might work in certain cases, why some alerts will trigger in one way or the other. So I believe that that definitely is valuable if you're working with something like Azure Sentinel because you might end up also, for example, identifying once again that there is some additional telemetry that you might be collecting that might also shine some light uh, in, in, in a specific technique. So I think that that's also one of the values of why you want to run through this and then have Azure Sentinel where you can collect more telemetry than if you're only using, for example, let's say, you know, M365 advanced hunting queries, which gives you a lot of stuff. But of course, we know the Azure Sentinel was built to collect additional telemetry that clients might be collecting already. So. So let me see um, if I understand this correctly. Uh, we have scripts to deploy the lab, uh, kind of like infrastructure as a code. And then we have scripts that are in phases to basically uh, do certain tasks that normally attackers would do, right? And help the customer or the user to learn how the attacker does these things and how this, the tool behaves. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, we want to get to the behavior, like the, the adversary tradecraft. And so in order to do that, we want to, you know, breaking it down into different sections and we can start um, addressing each section with some code. Um, at the end of the day, once again, other solutions would tackle this in a module and just tell you, run it. Now, granted, there will be some cases where maybe a module will make sense, but we're trying to be very specific so that People understand exactly what's going on um, for you know, like in each step of the simulation plan. So, can I create my own custom environments, or does it come sort of air quotes shrink wrapped? I would say that you can create your own labs as long as you understand, for example, the Azure Resource Manager templates that come with the product. So, for example, one thing that I didn't mention is that Simulan is built on the top of two open source projects. Um, that are also uh, managed by me in the community. So I also run the Open Threat, open threat Research community in the, in the InfoSec community. And so one of the projects is called Blacksmith, and the other one is called Azure Sentinel to Go. 
So Blacksmith is a project where I decided to start sharing all the templates that I use to deploy a Windows box, to deploy a Linux box, um, you know, deploy a lot of different resources that I use for research. And then the other one, Azure Sentinel to go, is to grab those templates from Blacksmith and then deploy an Azure Sentinel solution on the top. So the reason why I mentioned this is because if you go to Simulan, what you get is a template that is going to leverage all the research that has been already you know, shared with the community that has all the different building blocks into, for example, this environment requires two computers with a domain controller and an ADFS server. All right, you know, let's go to Blacksmith and let's take a look at what it is that we can use and we can you know, just point to that instead of rewriting the whole code, we just point to those resources and then we deploy it. And then we go to Azure Sentinel and say, hey, this actually works well with these resources. Let's just point to those templates as well. So if you go to Simulan, you're going to get to those resources. So which means that you could say, you know what, I'm going to maybe deploy also an Exchange server in this template. So all you have to do is point to the Exchange server in Blacksmith, and then that would allow you to also deploy it through Simulan. So it's very modular, and that's why we wanted to make it open source so people can just go and say, I understand how to build this myself. So let me reuse some of this code in here and then use it. So it's it's very flexible if you really understand like how right the ARM templates work and all this stuff, which is pretty straightforward. Yeah. So, so these scripts basically integrate all the uh, uh, tools together, right? That's correct. That's correct. We have scripts for uh, the tools, the security controls from you know from M three sixty five and also from you know Azure Sentinel. For example, something that we do also with Azure Sentinel is we enable a few detections. So we have the templates already, right? But we have to enable them. So instead of telling someone to go and click and enable some of the templates. In Azure Sentinel, we just use the API um, and then we just enable the alerts uh, for whoever is using Azure Sentinel. I'm glad about this because um, one of the value of our tools is that integration between other uh, with other uh, products, not, not just Microsoft, but third party. So uh, this is a great way that uh, customers can see uh, how all the information is correlated within one service and across. That experience of having everything together, plus the potential forensic artifacts that will be generated, um, and it's so valuable for a researcher in general, security analyst, threat hunter, at the end, we're all researchers, right? Because we're trying to uh, you know, learn a little bit about what the adversary is doing out there. So, so I believe that, so even if you don't want to deploy the whole thing and you want to test some of the, the steps of the simulation plans in your environment, I think that that itself is, is, is also eye-opening because the first scenario that we share is, uh, for example, the golden SAML techniques, right? So it kind of like m- makes you um, wonder a little bit what it is that you also can do in your own organization to maybe start, for example, testing some of those mitigations. And that's also one of the big advantages of having something like Simulan because you can see each step. Yes, you experience the whole scenario. You maybe see some new telemetry that you did not even think of, something that you can complement with what you have already. But at the same time, you will say, wait a minute, that's something that we haven't even 
done yet in our environment. So our ADFS might be exposed already and we don't know. So you're going to start doing some of that testing first with the lab environment, but also you can directly just start testing it with your own environment. Of course, once again, following the right best practices to simulate something in your environment, right? Which, you know, changes across, you know, organizations. So Roberto, could you tell us a little bit about what's coming up for Simuland and what you've released since it, its big release a little while back? Uh, I know also now Cloud Katana is, is a thing as well. Let's say Simuland was released in May. And since then, I think that, so we've been first trying to get a lot of feedback from, from customers, from people in the community. I have added a few variations to some of the simulations that I initially share through the project. So one of the efforts that we also have going on in the community is a collaboration with some you know, researchers that are very interested, for example, in identity management and you know Azure AD like in general. So we have been testing a few things, discovering some new ways that you know, something could be done or right, executed in an environment. So we have added some of those. So we have created also new detections. I contributed a few already to the Azure Sentinel GitHub repository. So that's also one of the goals is that if you as either customer or like in general community member tries Simulan and you identify some new detections, that would be amazing to right, also get that contribution back to, to Azure Sentinel GitHub repository, right? So we've done that a lot for, so we're trying to maintain the current scenario, the golden Samuel attack, try to add more variations and then contribute more detections. Now, that's from a concept of Simulan as how it was built initially. The other thing that we have been working on is Cloud Katana. Cloud Katana is a cloud-native serverless application that is built on the top of Azure Functions that allows the orchestration and execution of simulations. So this could be as a single action, right? You can request via a serverless API, you can request the action, and then the Azure Function application will execute the action in your environment. In this case, it will be in Simulan. So what we're trying to do is now take the basic concept of execution of an action to a sequence of actions, which we're calling workflows, and then taking those workflows and start translating what we show through Simulan, like every single step, uh, but now do it in an automatic way. So using an Azure Function, send a you know API request, and then execute the whole scenario. So this is because we also got some feedback of uh, companies that were very excited to go through the whole scenario. But then after that, they wanted to see how they could actually now, after understanding the tradecraft, all the detections, can we have this running on a regular basis? So I think that that's why you know, I started thinking about it last year, uh, this year, and then Cloud Katana came out. So that, that's something that was released on August the 4th. And then I have updated already these past couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm currently working on that project. And so far, I think that it's almost there to simulate the whole thing. And one of the things also that is very interesting about Cloud Katana is that some of the scenarios that we're trying to build are going to be hybrid scenarios. So that's something that is coming for Simulan as well. So we want to keep building things on-prem and cloud. But at the same time, we're trying to do cross cloud providers type of scenarios. So with right with other cloud providers. So maybe a company uses Azure and then uses also other 
cloud providers as well. So why not set up a scenario that would allow somebody to go through those right kind of like steps that maybe a cloud provider gets compromised and how they move from there to Azure or who knows, vice versa, right? Depends who is holding the identity provider. So so I think that that's, that's kind of like what we're trying to do as well is to expand those scenarios and not just try to share something also only Azure, but you know, expand it. And the same thing applies to Cloud Katana. The Cloud Katana is, in my opinion, the technology behind is flexible enough to be able to take care of those scenarios as well. That's like the whole idea and the roadmap for Simulant and Cloud Katana. So, Roberto, if you had uh, one final thought you would like to leave our listeners, what would it be? I would say that the, in my opinion, it would be be curious, stay curious with you know what you can do with your environment. Uh, because there is a lot of stuff that you will see in Simulan that it would make you think that the moment you execute one step, second step, and third step, there is a lot of context that you can build some new detections from. So keep that in mind, right? Once again, we don't just want to share a detection, you know, share an alert and just feel like that's it, right? You know, like your job is, is, is done. Depends on your environment. You're going to start helping your organization but also helping us if you would like to contribute, how you can also improve you know, everything that we share. The feedback to all the detections that we share or, or the alerts that we create uh, are definitely very valuable and can help you and also can help others in the community as well. So um, stay curious and please give us some feedback if you have it and stay tuned. There, there's just a lot of stuff coming out and, and I hope that Similan can help you also to focus a lot on adversary behavior, adversary tradecraft, and that's what it was built for. This is really cool. Thanks so much for turning up this week, uh, Roberto. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy and uh, you know, appreciate you taking the time to come to talk to us. I know I learned a, a lot about Simuland. I mean, my exposure to Simuland has been relatively sort of remote, but I'm certainly going to start kicking the tires on it. And I certainly know a couple of customers that come to mind, especially in healthcare, who'd be really interested in um, understanding, mainly to make sure that their tools kind of work you know, with these uh, sort of simulated attacks. I think that's, that's very cool. So once again, thank you so much for turning up. Thank you to all of you out there for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Stay safe and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, please find us on Twitter at Azure SecPod. Background music is from ccmixter.com and licensed under the Creative Commons license.